No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we conclude the book of Jonah. Jonah angrily complains against God for not destroying the great city of Nineveh. So God prepares a plant to teach him a valuable lesson. We hope you join us as Pastor Darrell teaches in Jonah chapter 4 on Simply the Bible. Jonah was quite a character. He was a successful prophet in Israel, yet the only prophecy we have shows him being disobedient to God. It doesn't put him in a very good light. When he finally went to Nineveh to preach, the entire city repented. It was the most successful revival in all history. But was Jonah happy about it? No, he was angry because God didn't destroy the city. And yet, despite his bad temper, God was patient with Jonah and used him to accomplish his work. God can use anyone, which should give us all some hope. We continue our story after the great revival of Nineveh with Jonah pouting because he cannot have his way. Jonah chapter 4. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he became angry. So he prayed to the Lord and said, Ah, Lord, was not this what I said when I was still in the country? Therefore I fled previously to Tarshish, for I know that you are a gracious and merciful God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, one who relents from doing harm. Jonah was mad. Jonah was mad as a hornet because God did not destroy the city of Nineveh as he had pronounced. He said 40 days and God will bring judgment, but God relented because the people repented. And now Jonah was mad about it. And so he prayed. This is the second prayer that he prayed in this book. I like what Warren Wiersbe says about this. He says, Jonah prayed his best prayer in the worst place, the fish's belly. And he prayed his worst prayer in the best place, at Nineveh, where God was working. His first prayer came from a broken heart, but his second prayer came from an angry heart. You know, we can have different kinds of motivations in our prayers. And always the heart that is broken for people is the right place to be. But Jonah did have good theology. He knew that the Lord was gracious and merciful, slow to anger, abundant in loving kindness, and one who relents from doing harm. Jonah knew all these things about God, and yet he didn't share that heart. So why was Jonah this way? Well, sadly, God's people do not always share God's heart for others. And in this case, Jonah just simply hated the Ninevites. Therefore, now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. And then the Lord said, Is it right for you to be angry? This is now the second time that Jonah just wanted to die rather than to see Nineveh saved. Okay, the first time was when he was on the ship and he told the sailors to throw him overboard. And he would have rather just died than go to Nineveh. And now that God has relented from bringing destruction, he wants to die again. Every time he didn't go his way, Jonah just wanted to quit. And God said, is it right for you to be angry? I love how the Lord just asked this question. Are you right here, Jonah? Is this the right reaction? 
And I got to say, there are many times when the Lord has to say that to me, you know, I'll be very, you know, much justifying myself. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm right to be angry here, you know, and the Lord will have to say, wait, wait a minute, you know, are you really responding in the right way here? And uh, in my better moments, I will stop and say, you know what, I, I could be wrong here. Um, and that's usually a good place to start. Uh, I could be wrong. And, uh, and then God can use that to, uh, to show me something that I'm not really seeing. And I think this was the, the case for Jonah. You know, God took the time with his prophet who was having a little temper tantrum to come alongside of him and help Jonah to see the way of the Lord more perfectly. Verse five. So Jonah went out of the city and sat on the east side of the city. There he made himself a shelter and sat under it in the shade till he might see what would become of the city. Now, why didn't Jonah remain in Nineveh? I mean, they had just humbled themselves and he could have had a marvelous ministry. The Ninevites knew nothing about God. Jonah could have taught them so much. He had an incredible opportunity, but he missed it because he just was sulking. And so uh, he went outside the city and made a shelter for himself. And he was more concerned about his own comfort than about winning souls. And he sat there to watch what would happen to Nineveh. Now, this was more than mere curiosity. Like we might sit and watch fireworks on the 4th of July or watch a parade go by. Jonah was actually hoping that God would change his mind and destroy Nineveh after all. Verse 6, And the Lord God prepared a plant and made it come up over Jonah that it might be shade for his head to deliver him from his misery. So Jonah was very grateful for the plant. But as morning dawned the next day, God prepared a worm and it so damaged the plant that it withered. And it happened when the sun arose that God prepared a vehement east wind and the sun beat on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. Then he wished death for himself and said, it is better for me to die than to live. <laughs> this guy, you got to love him, man. Okay, so now earlier, God had prepared a fish for Jonah to swallow him up. Now God prepares a plant to teach Jonah a valuable lesson. It is amazing how far God was willing to go to reach Jonah. And how far is he willing to go to reach you and me? As far as he needs to, right? Now, Jonah is very grateful for the plant because now it's providing shade and it's protecting him from the hot desert sun. And he's glad about that. But then God prepares a worm. Now, the plant obeyed the Lord. The worm comes out. It obeys the Lord. It eats the plant and the plant dies and withers up. And so then the next day, there's no plant. And God prepares a vehement east wind. Now the wind is obeying the Lord. Everybody is obeying the Lord in this story except Jonah. And, and so now Jonah is about ready to die because of the sun. He's getting heat stroke, you know. And, and now he says, it's just better for me to die than to suffer through all of this. And then God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the plant? And he said, it is right for me to be angry even to death. But the Lord said, you have had pity on the plant for which you have not labored, nor made it grow, which came up in a night and perished in a night. So again, the Lord asks 
Jonah, is it really right for you to be angry here, Jonah? Oh, yes, I am right to be angry. You know, Jonah felt very justified, felt very entitled to the plant, okay? And God points out, well, wait a minute, Jonah, you've had pity on this plant, uh, but you had nothing to do with this plant. You didn't plant it. You didn't water it. It came up on its own and it died. And, and now you're all upset about the plant going away. And yet you've not had any pity on Nineveh, on the people there. Uh, and so, so here Jonah was far more concerned with his own physical comfort than for the spiritual welfare of hundreds of thousands of people. And so, you know, sometimes people are like that. Even the people of God, they get their priorities messed up. Uh, But then there are other people that have their priorities messed up. You know, I'm amazed that people are so compassionate about uh, maybe a dog that doesn't have a home or something, you know, and that's fine. It's good to care for animals. But then they don't care about the human embryos that get destroyed uh, in the womb. You know, it's like, where are the priorities here? And so, Jonah, you know, he's got mixed up priorities. He's caring more about a plant than he does about people. And should I not pity Nineveh, that great city in which are more than 120,000 persons who cannot discern between their right hand and their left and much livestock? God had every right to have pity on this city. He planted the people of Nineveh. They were his creation. He cared about them. And so he has the right to have mercy upon whom he will have mercy and compassion upon whom he will have compassion. Uh, Much more did he have the right to to spare Nineveh than uh, Jonah had the right to uh, have pity on the plant, you see. Now, God said there were 120,000 persons who could not discern between their right hand and their left. Commentators are divided on how to interpret this. Some say that God was saying that there were 120,000 adults who were so ignorant of spiritual matters that, figuratively speaking, they didn't know their right hand from their left. God had compassion on them because they did not know what they were doing. Others think that there were 120,000 children who were still so young that they couldn't tell their right hand from their left. Whichever interpretation you prefer, the fact remains that God cared very deeply about the people living there. God so loves the world, not only Israel, as Jonah may have thought, but also the Gentiles. And God also takes pity on the livestock. He does not want to destroy life if he doesn't have to. And so, you know, there was more going on here because Jonah had pronounced that there would be judgment upon Nineveh. And when it didn't happen, they could have accused him of being a false prophet or when he had gone back to Israel, when the Israelites found out that he had brought repentance to Nineveh and to the Assyrians whom they hated, yet then, you know, they would have probably hated Jonah. They would have thought that he was not politically correct. He was not being a nationalist or whatever. And so all of these things were in Jonah's mind rather than compassion for lost souls. Now, it is interesting that the chapter ends with the Lord asking Jonah a question that Jonah never answers. Shouldn't I have pity? Charles Spurgeon said, let us hope that during the rest of Jonah's life, he so lived as to rejoice in the sparing 
mercy of God. And I believe that he came to his senses at some point and just said, okay, here it is. This is what I did. And so uh, probably having to come to Jesus moment where he realized that he really did not have the heart that God had. So some questions to ask ourselves. Do we agree that people without Christ are in fact lost? That they're going to be lost for eternity? Do we have compassion for those who are lost? And then how are we showing this compassion? And finally, are we praying that the gospel will go into every part of the world and are we helping to send it there? God so loves the world that he gave his only begotten son. Not only does he have pity on Jews and Christians, but also on Muslims, Hindus, Buddhists, agnostics, and atheists. He cares about all his creation. Do we? Let's close in prayer. Father, God, we thank you, Lord, for your amazing compassion. You're so slow to anger, abundant in loving kindness, and you are quick to relent when people repent. I pray, Lord, that we would have your same heart of compassion. Lord, as we celebrate this time of the year when you sent your Son to be a light to all the world, to the Jews and also to the Gentiles, Lord, may we let our light shine for you and may we have the same heart of compassion and love that you have, Lord. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. We're happy to announce that we're building a new facility in Southwest Meridian. For more information or to give toward this project, please visit calvarytv.org slash buildingproject. That's calvarytv.org slash buildingproject. To listen to previous episodes, check out our Simply the Bible podcast. Tomorrow, we will return to the book of Ecclesiastes, where Solomon writes that it is wise to keep the king's commandment and to rightly discern both time and judgment. We hope you'll join us as we continue teaching through God's Word on Simply the Bible.